Bull releases Moana Mataeli. Slips away from Evans, got too close to that. Oh, And welcome to the Counter Ruck, a podcast where we discuss all things rugby. I'm the host of the Counter Ruck, Stacey. So thanks for joining us for another edition. Now, I know we've been um, off for a few weeks, and our listeners out there in the podcast world have been uh, wondering where the Counter Ruck has gone. Uh, with COVID wreaking havoc on a lot of our plans and not much rugby being played, we took a bit of a uh, unplanned uh, hiatus. But we are back now with with a vengeance. So uh, let me introduce our panel that we have today. So uh, first up, we've got uh, Wider Matter Rugby Stewart. And should I still say you're a Chiefs fan, Rog, or uh, mate, counties? Should we go to counties now? Oh, yeah, for the Mighty 10 Cup. But, you know, for, hey, don't read really neg on Chiefs, mate. All <laughs> right, yeah, I'll introduce you as a Chiefs fan. We, I'll change we, it we to. Were Blues, uh, were you a Blues fan during those difficult times up until this year? You're still yeah, a Blues no, fan right through the. While you're okay, working, okay. working and looking for the promised land. <laughs> yeah, Roger. We've got Roger on board. Um, our Chiefs fan, our Chiefs fan. Roger, welcome, brother. Good to have you. Kia ora, kia ora. Malo lele, malo alpito. Nice. And um, secondly, we also have from the City of the Future, uh, Joey, uh, Auckland, Auckland rugby fan with the Mighty 10 Cup, I'll say now. Joey, brother, how's it going? Uh, very good, thank you. And yes, Auckland rugby fan, um, however, have a lot of love for counties, Manukau Steelers. Yeah, and, and a bit of love for Northland as well. Okay. Uh, hedging your bets there early. Uh, good to see before the conversation starts. <laughs> nah, nice there, brother. Um, all right. Um, so before we start some housekeeping things, our website, guys, is all up and running. So check us out, www.weswesnet.com. And also you can follow the Counter Ruck on Twitter and Facebook. So give us a follow and give us a like. Now, before we start, Roger, I wanted to come to you first, brother, because uh, I talked a bit about COVID and the impact, but what's the story with the uh, the club rugby scene up here in Auckland? Um, how are we doing with that? I know you are still involved and your, your kids are involved. Has that yeah, been uh, cancelled? or? From what I recall, the latest update, it was scheduled to sort of resume this Saturday in terms of senior rugby. Um it was going to resume and go straight into taking into consideration who will finish top eight before the oh. most recent lockdown and go into straight into quarterfinals. But um, since we're still in Tamakima COVID and level <laughs> 2.5, yep. as of Monday this week, they decided uh, it's going to be a long preseason now and the season's done for 2020. That's the end of the unfortunately. Okay. Okay. So how do you reflect back on... Uh the season with Wider Matter, were you up there 
like the Blues or more closer to the Chiefs side of things? I think it was more uh, more a manly Sea Eagles sort of scenario. Oh. Just teetering on the top eight there and thereabouts. And luckily enough, Waitamata were both prems and reserves were finished eighth before the this uh, most recent bout of the lockdown. Oh. So they would they would have gone straight into um, into quarterfinals. Our prims would have been playing Ponsonby, Ponsonby prims who finished first. Um, so they were well, they were still in they were in first place at the time. So it would have been them this weekend playing for quarterfinals, and then who knows going from there to final. But Ponsonby were a strong team right throughout, um, taking out a lot of the big teams early on. And uh, reserves, which were predominantly made up of our Mammoth Watamata team, who are senior first champions from last year. So they play in a different grade altogether last year, and they decided to take the step up and try um, be competitive in the reserves grade. And so they've done really well for the bulk of them being from Mammoth to earn that spot and being eight. And uh, so massive learnings from that team. I um, mean, I was, I was happy enough to be a part of that for a few games. So unfortunate, you know, season's ended the way it is, but um, better to be safer than sorry and um, keeping everybody safe in relation to what's happening worldwide. Nice. How about you, Joy? You still you still lacing up the boots here and there? or? I tried. I definitely tried. But as um, our resident Chiefs supporter uh, mentioned, Tamaki McCovid has uh, stopped their rugby. So, um, and I was a small part of that, especially in the, um, I think they call it senior ones, but we knew it as first grade. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, it was put to a stop and like with uh, Premiers um, and Ponsonby, Waitaki, they were leading and I think they were undefeated before um, the second lockdown started. So, um, I guess the, the champs by default and we didn't get to play them but yeah and it would have been nice but um, no they definitely deserve it um, so how does it work with the Prems Rog do the Ponsby just take the title I'm not too sure whether they've done it like that and I think it's just one of those years maybe it does sort of um, by default go to the team that was ranked first at the time I'm not too mm. sure but in reflection, we're looking back at the years when, um, you know, World War Two obviously happened during that period. It's sort of similar. Obviously, we're not going to war. We're battling something very different. Yeah. Um, and the global pandemic that is coronavirus. But um, I think it, it'll be it'll go down in history as to why there was no Galahad Shield champion, um, up, you know, at mm. the time. And obviously, we're going to reflect back in years ahead that it was due to the coronavirus pandemic that occurred uh, causing no championship or any any uh, season play to resume and it was a very disruptive year but um, massive learnings I guess going forward into next year because um, as far as we know it's going to be around for at least a couple of years uh, trying to negate this um, pandemic or you know not just us here but right around the world and Obviously, it's going to affect how international sport, let alone domestic sports, going to be um, scheduled. So it'll be interesting to see what we saw as a temporary uh, 
uh, temporary sort of fixture in terms of the Super Aotearoa? Is it going to be a regular thing that we're, it's going to be limited in that sense? Or if we get this sort of bubble going, cross-Tasman bubble going with Australia, can we include them in, you know, what's been sort of marked down as a possible venture with Australian teams? Who knows? Or could it just be us, the five local teams again, moving forward next year? It'll be interesting to see. Um, it's going to change the landscape, and the Blues going to try and chase a, a championship just out of five teams. <laughs> I think it's out of four teams. There's one team that hasn't really got a chance out of those five teams. So, yeah. <laughs> no, but Roger, that's a good point that you make there because, you know, obviously for myself and a lot of the listeners who are rugby fans, you think of the, the international game, you think of Super Rugby and all the rest of it, but the grassroots of the game as well has been massively impacted, which you guys have just touched on. So uh, disappointing for everyone involved in the, the club game there. But uh, a couple of things, boys. Um, so we haven't been on the airwaves for a while. And a lot of things happened, really, in the world of rugby since our last podcast that I wanted us to look at. So uh, firstly, the much-anticipated North-South clash happened last weekend. And it lived up to all the hype, I thought. And it was basically bloody awesome. So on the back of that game, the North-South game, Ian Foster, he named his first all-black team for the year. And he's included seven rookies. So we'll touch on that. Uh, another thing, the NPC. So the NPC, or the uh, Mighty 10 Cup, as they call it these days, that starts this weekend. And we'll look at that and get some predictions. But first up, um, it's Tongan Language Week. So I wanted to acknowledge, you know, our Pacific brothers and look at it from a counter perspective and talk about uh, who our favourite rugby player of Tongan descent is. So, uh, Rog, mate, so I'll give you the first word, mate. Who, who have you identified as your favourite? I think um, growing up in the 90s, you were obviously the superstar of rugby, let alone from the kingdom, Jonah Lomu. But, uh, so we can easily touch on him, but, and he's uh, well-revered and still talked about now as the first global superstar in rugby. But there were a few names that popped up during the 90s for me, and Kupu Vanisi was a standout player for Otago um, during the mid to late 90s. He played 36 games for them and also for Wellington 1999 through to 2003. He played 45 games and then um, he went further afield to play for the Highlanders and Hurricanes after those respective seasons with Otago and Wellington. 23 for the Highlanders and 43 for the Hurricanes. And then he was able to get one um, match for the All Blacks. It wasn't a test, but it was a the All Blacks versus the New Zealand team, New Zealand A team in 1999. And so that's sort of capped off his career with that one stint as an All Black. He was All Black 981, um, but I just remember him terrorising the flanks and he, he was such a fit and a player, a number seven, Obviously, behind the likes of the Michael Joneses, um, Josh Cromfelds through the 90s, but I think he held his own to always be considered as a number one pick um, for Otago, Wellington, and moving through to Highlanders. He was considered 
as someone as a mentor when he was at the Hurricanes because Jerry Collins was coming coming through and Rodney Sotialo as well coming through at that time. But I just really loved his play. He was everywhere. He was exciting to watch. He was fast and the dreadlocks as well. So coming through with Tana Umanga later on with Ma'anunu who sort of sported the, the dreadlock hairstyle. So he was a standout not only because he was a Tongan flanker, there wasn't many Pacific Island flankers outside of Michael Jones in that era, but he was he had dreadlocks as well. So he stood out and he was sort of pleasing to watch. Really entertaining player. So Kupu Venisi for mine, born in Nukualofa, Tonga, Malua Pito. Nice. Yeah, nice. Not not a guy who I would have thought of. I don't really remember his days in the uh with Otago and the Highlanders. Oh, when I think of him, I think of his time with Wellington and with the Hurricanes more. But in New Zealand Day, we revere the seven jersey. And he was really good. But when you we've had Michael Jones and Richie McCaw and Josh Confeld and these types of players, and we just hold any, them so any, highly. So he doesn't quite get the credit he deserves, you know? He's yeah, a good absolutely. player. That's right. And I think he was underestimated because, you know, he could have easily had, had a few more games. But when you had a guy like Michael Jones, and then you had the Mark Carters that kept him out, who were always vying for that second place or the third sort of string number seven in the ABs. Cooper Vanessi to get rewarded with, albeit a match, let alone not a cap. Um, he was he'll still always be, you know, have that All Black nine eight one uh, next to him because of that one appearance against the New Zealand A team. So I think it was just reward. Uh, very unfortunate he didn't get more time in the black jersey, but I think um, he can be proud of his efforts and just a player that I remember fondly of um, terrorising opposition through the 90s. Nice. Old um, George Smith, another Tongan of yep. descent, uh, seven, and uh, Nili Latu. So they've had quite a few uh, sevens coming through of Tongan mm. descent. So, yeah, good shot there, um, Rog. Uh, who, who are you thinking of, uh, Joey? Mate, um, firstly, I just wanted to um, give props to Rog on his selection for his favourite um, Tongan. Cooper Vanessi was definitely, um, and uh, I guess, underrated seven um, internationally as well as the game. Um, and I bet with that uh, with that Proctor looking mop that he had, he was good around spillages and cordies. <laughs> um, uh, for me, I think uh, of a few names in the '90s and growing up watching TV and watching uh, footy games live, professional footy games as well. Um, and I think of the likes of, Easter, I think of, mm. um, you know, Carl Hoft. I think of um, Willie Ofangawe. I think mm. of even George Smith in the later years. And, you know, they're all great players and they all could be in my, I guess, my top five Tongans of all time. But it's it's really hard for me as someone from from Favona, from um, schools out South Auckland, to go past Jonah. Um, yeah. Jonah, you know, for me, he just, even... Even as a, I guess, a mainstream option, he would, for me, he'd be right up there as one of my top three my favourite players to watch um, in, in the game itself. So Jonah is definitely my favourite Tongan of all time. Yeah, 
hard to go past that. He he really stands out and like uh, like what you mentioned before, you know, he was that global superstar and you know, people who weren't really interested in rugby and people like from countries like the US where rugby isn't a big deal. Even they knew who Jonah was, you know, he had uh, billboards of himself in America yeah. and all these other stuff, you know, so mm. yeah, I, I can't help but think about Jonah because you know how he had those health injuries with his uh, was his, his kidneys, was that was the issue he had or liver mm. problems or something like that? Yeah. And that just really, you know, shot his career down quite quickly and, you know, you can't help but think about what could have been if he didn't have those health problems. Oh, absolutely. Hey, you got a probably could be the greatest player who's ever laced up a boot, you know. So, um, excellent choice there, mate. Um, Rod, you got anything to add on Jonah? Any thoughts on Jonah? I just remember like, you mentioned how people that didn't normally watch rugby and yet they knew who Jonah Lombo was in 1995. I was in Bolivia in the middle of South America, and the host family that I lived with they didn't, they were football crazy. That South America is just uh, football was their number one game, and Bolivia was no different. Yet they knew the number eleven, and my, I remember my host brother just mentioning the number eleven for the All Blacks. You know, it was only because mm-hmm. of that that they, he knew about rugby, and that was Jonah Lumu. And because of the the '95 World Cup that was happening at the time, currently at that time, mm-hmm. and uh, so Jonah Lumu was making headways in the little old country in the middle of South America, who had never really seen rugby. And so, yeah, that's how far his reach was, was just into places that, you know, just wouldn't, it was just because of the, the way he changed the way that game was played by a massive unit who was able to run fast as well. Yeah, nice. Uh, you still shave the 11 and the old eyebrows there, uh, Rog? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm guilty of doing how he changed that sort of not only that with the style the, uh, head, the headsets that he wore the headphones yeah. yes. you know, yeah. it sort of you know brought in all of that sort of um, trend setting um, features just through that one man you know fast cars mm. his love for fast cars um, yes. fashion all sorts of fashion and obviously the hairstyle and I know you used to sport the Jonah Lumu hairstyle. <laughs> you used to have that little fringe part at the front and just put soap in there, Stace. So I remember you putting soap in there. And you didn't <laughs> yeah. have just to have it stand up and just try to steer clear of the rain. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> looks good. Looks good in the in sun, but when it's raining, uh, doesn't work for you, mate. <laughs> ah, yeah, Jonah's yeah. Jonah's definitely up there. Um, yeah, just for me, um, I'll give a special shout out for Sam. Sam Tuitupo. Um, from the Blues, he was one of my favourite players. He's, he wasn't that big, eh, but he could really hit his timing mm. and his, his technique was outstanding defensively. Mm. And I remember when he first came on the scene, people were probably looked at him and thought, no, oh, he's a small guy, I'll try and run over the top of him. And he was just flattening guys twice his size. So uh, Also a good Blues player, so I had to give him a shout. But my all-time favourite was Doug Howlett. Ooh. I remember him as a kid. He, he was at um, when he was at Auckland Grammar. I'd heard of him. He was this supposed to be this next big thing, and he yeah. played. Uh, he played for Auckland when he was still in high school. He played NPC for Auckland, and he scored three tries uh, on debut in that game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, basically, straight from there, he got picked in uh, Super Rugby straight out of school. And I think he's the youngest player to ever play um, Super Rugby in New Zealand. And uh, he was just an outstanding player. 
you know, you hear these stories of childhood prodigies, and we all know some someone who could have been someone and it was the next big thing, and for whatever reason, they didn't kick on. But what I'm proud of Doug is that, you know, he fulfilled his potential. He was supposed to be great, and he was great. Mm. When he mm. retired, he was the top try scorer in all-black test history, and he was the top try scorer in Super Rugby uh, when he when he finished up. So uh, a try scoring machine, but more than that, he had good work ethic and, and everything. So uh, And a good Blues and Auckland player as well. So that definitely uh, warms the heart for me. That's okay. awesome. Awesome. Mm. He, he also had one of the most interesting and, well, coolest um, nicknames in in rugby, in his circles anyway. Like, um, you know those Blues boys, they used to call him TP. TP stood for Total Pro. And it just spoke to the way he was. He was a total professional. Never late to anything or put in the one percenters and was always professional towards, you know, people on and off the field. So Never late so, to anything. Maybe I'll check you. Maybe he was an Islander. <laughs> nah. <laughs> No, that's uh, that's good. Yeah, he was a very professional player, but um, yeah, one of my favourites for sure. Yeah, I think he was one of those uh, wingers that sort of was followed the sort of the mould of a uh, Jeff Wilson, where he mm. double up as a fullback and he was good in the air, in the air, uh, mm. the high ball. So yeah. he he sort of was able to become that utility, um, switching back between winger or fullback, and he was just as comfortable in either. Unfortunately, mm. I do remember the way he finished up, and um, he wasn't chosen for that fated night yes. in the 2007 World Cup, was it? Mm. I blocked that from my memory. Thanks for bringing that up, but you're 2007, right. And he was ousted because obviously they had um, they chose Muli, uh, was it Joe Rokotoko and Sivi Vatu yep. over yep. Was it? having Dougie yep. on the wing. Is that also the one that Ma'a didn't make? Yes, Ma'a wasn't in, in that World Cup. Yeah. And um, so, and Doug Hallett was known after that match to be the guy that was on top of vehicles, stomping on the roofs of vehicles, celebrating. Well, that's right. Celebrating? <laughs> and, that's uh, right. So he made headlines for all the wrong reasons after that. That's night. right. Um, but yeah, how, how you could get left out, I can understand why they went with. Uh, the, the Fijian brothers, they just said that those two could make something out of nothing. For me, oh, Dougie mate. was a, a safer option. Um, he, he's just as exciting and he can create a lot of opportunities out of nothing. Mm. But, um, yep, I guess history will always remember him being left out. And I do remember that coming out. And that was uh, Graham, Ted, Graham Henry's words that they went with him because they could create something out of nothing. Well, we know how that all worked out. Well, they were, they were, that was the years of the uh, the rotation where they would just chop and change teams all the time. So I think they were thinking, well, Doug, you, you can play the next match. And then there was no next yeah. match. But that was the, that was the, that was the year they cotton walled a lot of senior All Blacks in the Super Rugby season before it. Yes. That's, yeah, that's right. And there was uh, a big, that there, um, what is it? Bloody conditioning work, and they missed the first yes. half of the season or something. Yes, that's right. That's right. Rotation, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. I think because I, I remember they interviewed Doug Howlett afterwards, and the try that they lost, they ended up getting a break down his side. And Doug's Howlett's one of those guys. He's he's very really out of position. He mm. always makes very good decision making. Mm. So they mm. made a break down that right wing, 
that was there was a Ford pass in there which which uh, Wayne Barnes missed which well, we don't want to go back into that but uh, <laughs> that was the thing the break was but made down his wing it. and he would have made a difference so, was like, Shit. Yeah, I guess we'll never know I guess we'll never know Stace no, we'll, 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 right. we'll never know but you know I, I can understand why they went with the uh, Jeruko Toko and Sibiratu because they could they were exciting players in their own right they could do things that not your normal player could come up with so um, someone's got to miss out and unfortunately on that night uh, Dougie mm. was one missing from selection but yeah I think uh, also I think also Given those things, and considering you know, All Blacks were on top of the world at the time, got to still give credit to France. You know, they yeah. France are well known for bringing whatever French team bring they bring on the day, right? And they obviously brought the right team that day, and they had a bit of luck with maybe a a, a Barnsley oversight. Let's call it that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was a pass from Michelac, eh? Yeah, it was like. God. Painful, eh? the great like therapy, the man. This is like turning into a therapy session. <laughs> oh, mate. The great the names... was uh, put the bed after that, wasn't it? Michelac, who's the other one? Uh, La Maison was another one. Uh, Dominici. Mm. Those, those are names that really did us over the years. <laughs> yeah. It was just uh, sort of like, you know, we thought that 99 was bad. For me, 99 was worse when France beat us mm. then. But yeah. it was just a constant. It was another reminder that man, the French are our bogey team. But you know, obviously mm. they've gone on and they came close. One pointer in 2011, where they lost in the oh. final. But their journey, their journey to the final, they lost to Tonga. They <laughs> like, oh, you know, and then they just won against Wales, escaped there, and ended up in the final. And then decided to do a V shape against the All Blacks Haka and whew, almost oh. done it with uh, yeah. I think if you're if you're gonna do a V shape, do it the way England did it. <laughs> <laughs> Their V shape was a spearhead, eh? Whereas uh, yeah, England was an inverted spearhead. But everyone thought that uh, France were going to get um, a hiding, you know, more than fifty points to a hundred, easy, just because mm. of their prior results. But then when the French decided to turn it on, one point Tony Woodcock try was enough to seal it for us, but. Terry Dusatois try, got everybody uh, worried there for a moment. I, I was never confident, even though you're right, France was poor, but because mm. I still had the nightmares of '99 and 2007 in the back of my mind. So you know, France they played poor, but they've always got that one game where they but can the play general, good. Every World Cup they'll play good. Though, one. The general public, the All Black supporters, as right. uh, confident as AB supporters, they. From what I saw and heard throughout that World Cup campaign, uh, oh, yeah, it was yeah, a shoo-in. The All Blacks were a shoo-in. So for them to escape by one point, <laughs> yep, we're not going to really dwell on the the the, uh, the points or the score there, but um, they won the World Cup first time since '87, which was um, you know led on to doing a back-to-back four years later. But yeah, it was a bit of a bogey team for the French arm. They still are. They can upset teams. Um, at the Elysia, mm. out of the blue. Yep, yep. Yeah, good good selection, boys, there of Tongan um, sent players. They, they've um, contributed quite a lot for such a small island to rugby, not only in this country, but worldwide. Um, so, so many players that you can think of, um, like we touched on, George Smith, Charles Piatel, a whole heap, even some of the current guys in there now. Mm. 
Peter Alatini is another special mention. Ah, yes. Peter Alatini. Loved him. He was awesome. Yeah, he was a good player. And he was in there. He scored a try in that, um, what they call the, the greatest, the greatest game. Time. Mm. Yeah, the greatest game. So, you know, where Jonah sealed it in the end. But Peter Alatini's try leading up. Um, yeah, memorable moment for him. He mm. was an all back uh, for a couple of years. Was it um, Tana that passed him the ball at the end? I think it was Alama. Alama. I remember, mm. yeah, I think it might have been it's Tana or Alamba, yeah. I just remember it was an exciting uh, finish that try. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and like his his try was was used in showreels for a long time. That yeah. one try that he scored, and yeah. and so I think he was all black. And he actually had a test for Tonga as well at ninety five. Oh, Peter Alatini. He one did test for Tonga. Yeah, one test for Tonga ninety five, and then. Was selected for the All Blacks um, in '99 through to 2001. Oh well. So yeah, he finished. He was awesome. That. Yeah, yeah. His time in the black jersey, I just remember him being awesome. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so many and good I players. The Chiefs from so good contributions there, for sure. Mm. All right, boys. Um, so the All Black squad got named. Um, like I said before, they had seven rookies, so quite a few debutants there. I'll just get your guys' initial thoughts on the squad, Rog, mate. What did you make of the team? Good team, but can I take you back? Can we go back because we missed the South team versus the North team as well? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll start um, there then. So the North-South yeah, yeah. game, what did, you think, what did you think of the game? I think it was, it was an exciting game. It was great that they had brought that, that, that fixture back because... I think um, given the year that we've had and for them to be able to slot that particular match in um, sort of obviously without crowds was a bit of a uh, downer, but obviously it couldn't be prevented um, due to the climate that we're in. But it was just exciting to see a lot of players that, you know, get somewhat of a, a trial match for the ABs because um, that's what it basically ended up being was a, a trial match and for players to put their best foot forward obviously on the back of Super Super Rugby Aotearoa and um, see if they can make a claim um, backing up their form there because they were all selected based on that form. Um, mm. I really felt that the NZRU dropped the ball on one selection um, and that was Andrew Makaleo. So probably not talked about in uh, a lot of circles in relation to that game as a whole, but you know how they had at the training they had they were representing the first um, province of origin. So it was the first uh, province that they represented, right? First class rugby. However, they dropped the ball on Andrew McAleel because they had him representing Tasman. Yep, that was the first um, first division team that he represented, but they could have had him in whited up a bush colours and therefore would have qualified him for the mm. north team as opposed to the south. And so that's where he, he played for mm. whited up a bush before going across to Tasman. And obviously to the Crusaders, but um, I, I I felt his inclusion awesome because I I felt he's played really well at um, Super Rugby, but he's also a try scoring machine just like Asafu Omoa. He he, he was terrorising uh, Auckland Club Rugby through Grammar Tech um, way back in 2015-2014, and out mm -hmm. of the same team, Talini Seal was another one that came and went on to prominence with the Chiefs as well. 
you know, two Auckland-based players who have gone uh, further afield. But Andrew Makaleo, 10 matches for Wairarapa Bush, and he scored eight tries in that one season for Wairarapa Bush in 2015. Then went on to 2016 with Tasman. Um, he's played 41 matches since. He's scored 10 tries there, and he's currently with the Crusaders. 43 matches, he's had five tries. So his, obviously, he's, he's a bit of a try-scoring machine, but um, and getting a call into the South team uh, behind uh, Cody Taylor is no mean feat. So he's done really well in being able to push his case. But I, I just mm. felt that they dropped the ball. Ash Dixon deserved his uh, spot, but I reckon had they picked up on that whole wide up a bush um, incident, then he could have been playing and representing the North where he probably could have got 20 minutes <laughs> at the end of that game. Mm. But not taking anything away from Ash Dixon, you know, he's played over 100 FIFA <laughs> rugby games um, for the Hurricanes and and the Highlanders, but um, deserving of a spot. But, yeah, very unfortunate to be a part of that, like, the last 10, 15 minutes for Ash Dixon. Scored a try, controversial try, but, um, yeah, a couple of penalties and line out so is, is that why you're bringing up this Andrew Makaleo story? Because you're playing no, 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 Ash Dixon for the loss no, 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 and you no, wanted no, him no. out of the team? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because, like, before, this was, like, was what I wanted to look at before to, before that game sort of happened. But I just remember he stood out to me because I, I saw him in their train up, training leading up to the North-South game. But he was wearing the Tasman colours. So he wasn't representing what up a bush. He was representing because... Mm. Prior to him coming to prominence with the Crusaders franchise, he had gone into Heartland Rugby. And, and so if they were going to base this province of origin on solely on their province that they first represented it, it should have been Wairarapa Bush. So I'm thinking, is it the reason why they left them out altogether in the South team because they knew that they had got, made a mistake there in having him representing Tasman as opposed to Wairarapa Bush? You know, or he just... Obviously, I felt sorry for... Uh, Kirk Eklund as well. You know, he, mm, yeah. he included in the north, so, but yeah, unlucky to miss out. But I think he'll be a hooker of the future as well for hopefully get um, more opportunities to shine and push his case for AB's honours. But Asafo uh, Almoa um, couldn't be more happy to have him included in there with Cody Taylor and uh, the likes of Dan Cole still in and around. Next year as well. His but. throwing, his throwing though, he got um, got he got caught a little bit from uh, well, no disrespect, getting caught by Sam Whitelock, who's world class. But you know, I thought that showed maybe some deficiencies in his game. Yeah, they would have to some work ons. I'll just say some yeah, work ons. Yeah. But I think his his, one more. his he makes up enough of it for his open play and what mm. he the dynamic and the impact that he brings um, in general play and obviously. Um, you can see a lot of Kevin Melamu in him as well, but then he's yep. got a very expensive general play where he can he can lurk out wide and take the ball on the wing, similar to what a younger Dane Coles did. But we do remember Asafa Almore's showreel from when he first came into the NPC and Super Rugby mm. and was terrorising um, wingers and mm. in them off like a small Jonah unit. But I think um, yeah, he couldn't you couldn't deny Asafa Almore. Uh, a selection in the top three hookers after his no. performances this year, um, coming back from some serious injuries as well. But um, I was happy with. I wasn't sure about the Bowden Barrett um, inclusion in, in the North team. 
Yeah. Just because he's he's going abroad. I just thought it was an opportunity oh. for them to okay. bring in someone else. But obviously, Braden Barrett's done well for the Blues. Um, so now the Blues can sort of add him as a All Black that's come from the Blues franchise as well. But, <laughs> and we will, we will add him on. <laughs> but, um, get our numbers up, yeah. get our numbers up. But I think it was awesome to see the likes of Tupou Va'ai as well get an inclusion in the North-South team, out uh, on the North team, and then obviously move on to, um, you know, as we know now, to become an All Black selected mm. as a debutant. So hopefully he gets some time, <coughs> given... And, you know, who knows whether we're going to get any test rugby at all. But um, for the, those young fellas, seven. There were seven new deputants that uh, got named. And Caleb Clark, um, awesome inclusion there. I think he he did well beyond um, what he needed to do in that game. He, I think he was already assured from his performances um, in Super Aotearoa to be in the Ublik, but it just showed even more him and Will Jordan's inclusion. They just couldn't be denied in AB, AB's birth. So it was just a matter of when, let alone. Um, and good to see Rico Iwane get included in the centre pairing as well. Mm. I think he, he's proved his, his wear. And um, obviously someone that can back it up on the wings as well. He's got still got the speed for a winger. And so he's got some um, good utility aspects to his game, but he proved his worth as a as a genuine centre um, this year. Unfortunate for Braden Enor, um missing out, obviously, due to injury now. But, um, you know, you've got some good backups and Anton Leonard Brown, Rico Iwane, obviously, to choose near as well. Did George Bridge miss out? No, he's, he's in. He's in, I wasn't sure. I could ramble on about the North-South team. Good to see um, Kao, Kao Tunukuafe as well come back in. I mm-hmm. think um, had an up and down year because he obviously is continuing with Ofatungafasi as well as um, Hodgman. And so for Hodgman, not even having to play the, 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 the North-South game, but I think he had done enough. And I think I had mentioned him during the Super Aotearoa season. Yeah. Um, yep. He was... Him and Ofa were, were exceeding expectations in their general play and then also just from their what they their, their core roles as props. They were yeah, they were far above those behind them. Nepal Alala, great to see him back in there as well. Nice. Yeah. What about here, Joey? Have you, have you got any thoughts just on that north south game first? Uh, what did you make of that and um, just the A B squad? They got named afterwards. Um, just trying to see if there's anything that Roger didn't mention. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's not much left to see every word. Um, look, it was a, it was a, it was a match. obviously not so much of a nail biter, but um, it had a nail biting end. And it was ended quite controversially, but we won't go there. Um, I just think if we're going to have another fixture like that, have a different ref. <laughs> yeah. But look, they, they got themselves into that position. And look, the Sam Whitelock led South team um, that got the job done in the end. And, you know, they obviously. Just, just. Yeah, just, just. Um, and that's what was exciting about it, you know. It's, North had it, but then 
I just glad I didn't put any money on the on the game. <laughs> I would have lost money. Um, it was for me. It's uh, naming of the squad. It was nice to see Dalton Papalili named again. Um, really good to see, and probably predictable that uh, Will Jordan made the team. Um, I haven't seen enough of Cullen Grace to pass judgment on that, but obviously, you know, when you make the team, there's some level of uh, deserving. <laughs> Preserving your spot. Um, Caleb Clark was a nice selection. Obviously, um, unfortunately, the likes of Mark Tillier and a couple of other good wingers throughout the Super Rugby Aotearoa missed out. Um, it would have been really nice to see Mark Tillier, but in, in I thought first half of the Super Rugby Aotearoa, he definitely deserved at least a look. Um, Hoskins Sotutu, I think everyone could agree that uh, he it's well earned for him. Yeah. I, haven't seen, I haven't seen like Alan Grace, I haven't seen enough of Quinton Strange. Um, that was a strange selection in my books. But <laughs> but look, obviously you know, they see something in him and hopefully we get to see him justify his spot. Um, in terms of and, and forwards, all the guys that I thought should have made it, made it. Um, there weren't any omissions there that I thought um, should have should have been in there, except for uh, Via Fafita. He's one that oh. I would have, he's one that I would have had in there. Um, we've got uh, Tupovai, who's who's probably covering the same same positions. And good on uh, to Paul. He, he's well deserving as well, and um, very gracious and and receiving that phone call. Um, I think a lot of people have seen the video that's gone out there where he revealed the news to his family and how emotional he got there. So that was nice. Um, Foxy was one of the selectors, wasn't he, Grant Fox? Yeah, yeah. So I'll just leave that there. <laughs> 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 I'll leave that there. It's kind of like, you know, these professional rugby players and coaches who aren't allowed to speak ill of referees. So I'll, I'll leave that. Foxy, I'm a big fan of yours. Foxy, if you ever listen to our podcast, um, and we'll, we'll keep it that we'll keep it that way. <laughs> As a player, yeah. I reckon, I reckon an unfortunate guy that missed out. I didn't really observe too much of him during Super Aotearoa, but. Mm. He had a standout North-South game, and that was Tom Sanders, number eight for the South team. He was a bit of a raging bull and um, solid in general play and did his job uh, no different to any other number eight. But, um, and yeah, he had some good signs in. Hopefully, you know, he makes it in the future. But um, just an observation that he had a bit, of, a bit of a good sort of run, made the most of his opportunities, but unfortunate to miss out. Yeah, I, I do wonder how many, how much of the team was picked before really, that yeah. North South game because you, I, I agree. I thought Sanders was one of the best players and one of the best yeah, loose yeah. forwards that was on show. I mean, yeah. I, I'll, you'd be rough to drop Satutu, who had has been good all year at number eight mm-hmm. for someone who played good in that game, even though credit yeah. where credit's due. But yeah, I do wonder about that. Um, no, no love for Bushir. I thought Bushir. Yeah. I didn't think he was the worst done by, but I, I thought he 
well, he was he's probably the best breakdown guy, turnover guy that we got in the country. Um, but there's Carifi. so many loose forwards, so yeah, yeah, so many loose forwards that someone was yeah. unfortunate to miss out. But I, I guess the writing was on the wall for Bashir when he got cut from the final North team. Mm. So yeah, he got left Hunt out for. Well. Yeah. I think he had great, great uh, Super Aotearoa, and for him to. He got the last 20, 25 minutes in that match, but I think, like you say, team was probably already selected, and he's probably not too far off as well. But, um, you know, you can't sort of frown at the selection of loose forwards that they got. I was really pleased with Akira Ioane's performance in there as well. Showed mm-hmm. a lot of maturity, excitement factor. We know that's what his game's all about, excitement and power. But mm-hmm. he just showed a lot of maturity, uh, didn't get too flustered with, you know, what may have been some, something of a downfall in past uh, matches for Akira in uh, leading up to All Black selections. But uh, I'm really happy for Akira to be named in, you know, the original sort of All Black squad into any campaign, as opposed to coming in as an injury cover or anything later on. So I think just a personal sort of achievement for him as well. Yeah, we, we touched about that as well, uh, Rog, mm. uh, with, uh, when Ray was on, and you, and you brought that up with him about Akira, who's yeah. he's always had that potential, eh? He just didn't have the consistency week to week, and he's, it looks like he's... He's found it, so yeah, he deserves a spot. Yeah, so hopefully he's yeah. turned a corner. Hopefully he's turned a yeah. corner. It's been a fight for him because you know it wasn't a shoe in for him to even get mm. a blues jersey, and so yeah. he's taken his opportunities and and look where he's ended up. And so it would have been a special moment not only for their family but for Akira himself as well. Mm. Mm. You know, one guy who I thought was hard done by in the All Black team was. Monarchy Selby Ricketts. Not sure if you guys you know think much yep, about yep. him. No, no, no. I was watching him when he came on. And the only reason why, I did, they didn't really talk about They talk about the Caleb Clarks, you know, being son of a former All Black. Selby Rickett is a son of a former All Black as well. But, you oh, know, I don't know that. Yeah, Cook Island descent, obviously. But his father oh. was Hayden, Hayden Rickett. And he, he, had a, he was a two-test AB back in the early 80s. And, wow. and slightly taller than um, Manaki Selby Rickett. So when he came on, I was thinking far out. You know, he's obviously within their family and people closer to Manaki would know his story. But yeah, his fa- father being an All Black, a former All Black, but never really, the story's not told or common knowledge, I suppose. But he, he's still, you know, we brought him up in the Cook Island week, Cook Island Language Week, or and um, he was one of the mentions of... Um, Cook Island rugby players. Uh, so who knows? Maybe in the future he could push for a spot. But I think locks are quite uh, well covered with the two Pelotus, Sam Whitelock and Tupouvai, a new inclusion there. But um, who knows? Manaki could follow in his father's footsteps and he's he's well on his way if he's ever to achieve that. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I thought Tupouvai is a, a bolter. And Quentin Strange, like you said, uh, Joey, that is strange. He was injured for most of the season. He's hardly played. Mm. And uh, when he did play, I didn't think he was one of the, you know, that great locks. He's normally sort of a, a bench or squad guy. So, yeah, Selby Rickett was a guy who I thought was a genuine lock, has had a good year with the Highlanders. Yeah, yeah. And he played good and in he... the North-South game. So I just figured, like, with that many lock shortages, he's probably one of the better ones available. 
Yeah, he, he'll be. I think he he might get caught in. Uh, who knows? A eh? injury cover. But I think if he continues his constant form for next year, he could be. But another one in the Highlanders, Shannon Frizzell, I was happy for him to get a, a birth oh, in yeah. the squad as yeah. well, being named. Yeah, he's back to his best, Frizzell. Yeah, adding to the loose forwards and the wealth of loose forwards that we have. Yeah, mm. and, and then when you talk about these names that of guys who have played good all year, then you sort of think, where do you fit, like, Bushier and these guys, we, we, who, yeah. who you're going to take right. out to put them in, you know? So it, it is unlucky because there's always, there's always some unlucky players um, who miss out. So, well, um, yeah, it's just the nature of the, the depths in, in New Zealand rugby. But, uh, Joy, mate, I'll come to you. Um, I just, like I mentioned, we've got seven debutants. So, Caleb Clark, Hoskins, Tutu, Alex Hodgman, Tupova Ai, Quinton Strange, Will Jordan, and Cullen Grace. So of those seven guys, who do you see really kicking on and being a, a great tall black? It's probably very early to say. But if there was a test, say, in the next week or so, would you give any of these debutants a start? Yes. Two of them, actually. Whoa. Okay. Um, and, look, this is coming from a forward. And... I- Boards, <laughs> the boards that were selected, I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, add them in there too soon. My two are in the backs, and the first one I think is pretty obvious to a lot of people is Caleb Clark, yes. and then on the other wing, Will Jordan. I think mm. they're both they're both mature enough to just the deep end and do well. What about you, Roger? You've got anything you would, anyone you would chuck in there? If there was a test match coming up, would you chuck any of these rookies in straight off the bat? Yeah. Uh, similar to Joey, Caleb Clark, uh, for sure. He's been a standout player mm. and uh, in his position, regardless of age, regardless of inexperience at that level. But he's been a standout, um, high-intensity performer, you know, mm. for all wingers in, in Super Aotearoa. So you can't deny him a stop a spot. If there was going to be a test this week, he'd be definitely number one on that team sheet. Um, but Will Jordan, yeah, I, I sort of agree with that selection as well. Whether you play him at fullback or wing, mm. George Bridge didn't do anything to to not warrant a selection on the wing as well. Mm. But I think I'd choose George Bridge over Severis first. And then Will Jordan could probably be a bench player or start at fullback. He's done enough at Super Rugby to prove that he's good, good uh, fullback as well. But you got Jordy Barrett, Damien McKenzie to contend with him. But, mm. uh, yeah. yeah, those would be the two that would get just similar to Joel. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, when you the All Blacks pick their back three, they normally have a you know a fullback, obviously, and they have a wing fullback hybrid on one side. And then they have a power wing on the other side. Normally, that's the mm. normal makeup of the back three. Well, Sevi Reese, who's sort of supposed to be the power wing, hasn't been that good. So Caleb Clark, he, for sure, I'd pick him. I think he's the best mm. at that style of play. He's got more to offer than that, obviously. He's got very good skills and offloads and stuff um, and yeah. all the rest of it. But just in terms of that, you know, pure finishes, guys who can beat guys quite easily, I think he's better. And I, and I think Sevi Reese hasn't been that good. So, mm. Bull Jordan, he'd be close, but I'm with you a little bit, Roger. I think that, I don't know if George Bridge 
he hasn't played badly enough that I, I, would, I would make a change that, that quickly. So for me, I'd do one, maybe two. Clark for sure, and Will Jordan would be a toss of the coin. But yeah, I'm with you guys. The rest of the guys, I'd probably have to wait a bit longer. That's what normally happens with forwards. They take a bit more time to develop, develop, develop physically and stuff. So um, yeah, good call uh, there. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not superstitious or anything like that. Or, <clears throat> but if being injury free, I reckon Caleb Clark. He could go on to be a great All Black. Go on for years, you know, injury free and everything like that. I think, um, yeah, seeing his his development and how he's progressed through at such a young age to be the best in your position at his age right now. You know, there's not many players that could say that as a deputant coming in as well. Mm. So I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot of a special label over Caleb Clark, and obviously he comes from. Uh, good line sporting pedigree with his family, uh, yep. but I think he's he, he's he's forging his own path. And right from the kickoff in that North South game, how he could yeah. play with these, it was like, geez, the writing's on the wall here. It's it, he's just yeah, it's, it's just hard to deny him a spot in the All Blacks, let alone not see him progress to become a very good All Black, let alone great. Nice. Yeah, well, uh, they've got the All Black squad now. They just need to get some All Black matches, and that's one thing we don't know. We don't know what the international landscape mm. looks like and if there's going to be any matches. So what that does mean, though, which we'll look at next, is that some of these All Blacks, or all of them, will be available to play in the Mitre 10 Cup, uh, which is starting this weekend, boys. So, um, yeah, I re-listened to uh, our first episode again where we previewed uh, Super Rugby. And I was actually really impressed uh, by some of our predictions. Um, Cam's, who's not on, um, and Joey, you as well, you picked the Crusaders to take it out, which was correct. Uh, Cullen Grace, uh, Satutu, Caleb Clark, these are some of the guys that we earmarked as bolters for the All Blacks at the start of the season, and they all got picked. Uh, Joey, you also picked Richie Monga to be the standout player, and even though there's no official uh, standout title he was the unofficial mvp i think stuff picked them as their as their mvp so uh very good on the predictions uh this season boys uh and i remember thinking uh i should have you know taken those tips and gone to the tab and placed some bets and won us some money off those predictions oh, i would have lost a ton of money because i had chiefs at third oh yeah yeah roger i won't tell you what your picks were but uh <laughs> But um, I'll say, yeah, most of the guys got the picks uh, pretty good. Um, but, um, yeah, just with that, boys, um, yeah, I've opened us up a little TAB account for the counter-rack. So I'll try to do like a $10 bet because I feel quite confident that our tips have been mostly good. Not always good, but, you know, for the most part, they've been good. So I'll put these $10 bets on and then hopefully at the end of the year, I can retire with my millions of dollars. <laughs> See how they, they did. They did talk about a possible New Zealand A team as well, or All Black 15 team. Yes, so yes, I remember that. If, if COVID wasn't, you know, happening at the moment, I do believe, given that he was selected for the North team, um, he had some good minutes for the North team. He was, you know, played reasonably well in Super Aotearoa. And he was number 19, Scott Scrafton. And he would be oh, yes. one of those guys who I mentioned, who I mentioned that would get a black jersey of some sort. 
And so he did get end up getting a North team, Black Jersey. But uh, yeah, I reckon he'd be one to sort of still look out for, given that we're sort of still light on our lock locking department. You know, we've still got Fred Retallick to come back. Manaaki Selby Rickett is knocking on the door, but Scott Rafflin can't be too far behind either. Yeah. If they're going to include a guy like Quentin Strange. Yeah, exactly. A party party Parkinson's another one party, party who I, I think he would have got picked. He, he's got, um, I think, a foot injury, and he's going to miss the whole minor 10 cup, so that's why he was basically unavailable. But... Um, yeah, boys, um, the minor ten cup. So we're gonna we're gonna be placing our bets every week, like I mentioned. But um, yeah, just get some overall thoughts of the competition. Are you guys excited, um, Joey? Mate, what are your thoughts on the competition? Have you got any just general thoughts before we look at some predictions? Um, like something you really want to looking forward to seeing? I think it's going to be good the early stages anyway, because you know that you, you've got a few of the ABs allowed to play and. Um, I think Patrick Tupelotu has been omitted from the first Auckland game. Yes. Um, but the rest are clear to play, which is good. Mm. So that's how they go and whether or not they uh, drop their standards to, you know, the, the level of play of, you know, an NPC, average NPC player or keep to those standards that they need to for international preparation. Yep. Yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, one of the things, eh? we, it's been a, so long since we watched NPC with the All Blacks, and I'm a bit old school. I remember those old days where, mm-hmm. you know, Auckland Canterbury and all the rest of it, they were sellout games and Eden Park had, was packed with 30,000 people and you were watching you know, Carlos Spencer marking up against Andrew Murdens and these types of games. So mm. I'm excited about that part of it. Uh, what about you, Roger? Anything you're looking forward to in the, in the Moira Team Cup? Oh, I think just the inclusion of all the All Blacks that have been named um, just last Sunday in some of these teams. Like I, I didn't realise Patrick has been taken out, but that leaves still another five All Blacks um, in the Auckland team to run out um, this weekend. So that, that's... You know, we don't see that too often. How long it's going to last into the Mitre Team Cup, I don't know. But at the same time, you've just got to enjoy the uh, the times that they are included in, this, in the Mitre Team Cup because it's been a long time since you have regular All Blacks um, playing in their provincial colours. So, yeah. Uh, I think for Counties Manuko having Kieran Reid back. Oh, I'm a bit on the fence with the Kieran Reid selection. Because it's all, a, you know, they're bending around the giving back to the province where it all started for him. But, you know, 34, 35 could have been an opportunity for uh, to block the pathway for someone else that's probably coming through or they'll be in the development team. And if anything happens to uh, the older statesman of Kieran Reid, then they could easily bring them in. But I can understand the sentiment behind Kieran Reid wanting to give back to his province. Um, having gone to Rose Hill College and the Drury Rugby Club there, getting a former AB back in there. But uh, having a county sealer, I think it's, it's, it can only be good for the, the supporters and good for the Mitre 10 to add to all the, the current All Blacks playing as well. Yep, yep, I agree. They, they talked about Sam Whitelock uh, earlier. So he hasn't played uh, for Canterbury since 2010. So 10 years, uh, come up to 11 years before he last played. So you know, that just goes to show you how sheltered the All Blacks are from playing in this 
competition, which has really diminished it over the last couple of years. But with these All Blacks coming back, yeah, I'm excited now. But, uh, boys, we'll try to get some predictions. So, um, Rog, mate, who, who do you think is going to win win the whole comp? And uh, if you've got a reason why, that'd be good. So I could, uh, don't want to waste my $10 if you've got no legitimate reasons. <laughs> oh, so good. Good question. I haven't really looked that far into this uh, Model 10. But uh, yep. um, I'm thinking it can be a dark horse. I'm locking the lock of uh, Tasman. Ooh. Tasman. Yes. Yeah. Oh. He's an old, yeah, old sword there. Um, he's, he's got a Super Rugby Championship to his name. He was included in the wider squad for the Crusaders this year. Um, Alex Angley, he's, he's like the Ruben Thorne. Oh, no, sorry. Take that back. He's like the Brad Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a big difference oh. between those two thorns there. Yeah, that's why I just retract there. Retract. And then, no, I'm, I'm using the right thorn. So he's like, yeah, he's he's probably 38 now, 38, 39, and still oh, nice. being able to running get a professional contract. So he was included in the in the Crusaders outfit this year, but he was a, when the Highlanders won their Super Rugby title, he was part of that campaign. Um, still with the Highlanders, came in at a, at a late, like well into his 30s, um, but he's still running around for Tasman. So Alex Ainley, because he's with Tasman, yeah, I'm thinking they've got some good good rugby players like Andrew Makaleo as well. Uh, <laughs> he must be one of, is he your mate again? Do you love talking about your mates on this podcast? <laughs> you know no, Alex no. Ainley personally, don't you? I uh, say, so you know, uh, Makaleo, Makaleo's your mate. I don't know, I don't know, Makaleo. I'm just talking. I'm just saying, Alex Ainley. I'm more for the the older statesman then. Yeah, so it's good to see him still running around. Oh. Tasman to take it out. They had a they had a really great push for the the title a couple of years back. So I'm I'm looking for them to go through. And they yep. didn't have any superstars. And the same, similar to what the Highlanders are. You know, all sort of local players around the traps or all the, the players that are not offered contracts from their um their franchise of origin, but they end up landing ones for the Highlanders or Crusaders. Yeah, Tasman, Tasman, that's a good pick, actually. They're the defending champions, um, and they've got a gun team. They've picked up Kieran Fonotia, the Manusamo midfielder. Um, yeah, yeah, James Marshall, who played, I think he was with the, the Hurricanes. And obviously, they've, they've picked up Sivu Reese and uh, Mark Talia as well. So they've got some really? gun outside backs. Oh. So you look at Siv, they've got Sivu Reese, Mark Talia. They've got Will Jordan. Damn. Um, Lester and David Havili all competing oh. for these outside backs. So uh, wow. I'm not, I'm, you might be winning that $10 bid. Might be coming on Tasman there, Roger. So that's not a bad <laughs> shot there. Um, yeah, Quentin Strange is another guy they got, so maybe he will show why he got picked for the All Blacks. Um, <laughs> we, we, we haven't figured, figured that out yet. But uh, how about you, uh, Joey, mate? Have, have you got a, um, anyone that you've... Well, that's like a, look firstly, that's a good pick, Rog. Um, and secondly, can you just clarify one thing for me? I've been I've been watching and meaning to bring this up. Um, is, is there a reason why you've got two sets of headphones on? <laughs> because see with that one so this one's for of, the mic and the other's for listening 
This one, no, 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 it just isolates the sound. The noise cancellers. That's it, that's it. The noise cancelling earmuffs. I can hear your mocks a lot clearer. That's all. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yes, and, and I commend you on your selection of Tasman. Flip, you've got some absolute firepower there in the backs. Um, and speaking of, to your point of older statesmen, Seems to be a common theme this season for the Maritim Cup because Waikato has hunger, has, um, you know, counties have got Kieran Reid, Northland have Rennie Ranger back. Rennie Ranger. Oh, nice. Throwbacks. Um, don't um, Skara, hasn't he gone to... Yes, yes. Then you have, you've got Nehimeno Skara at uh, Manawatu and you've got Nasi Manu back at Otago. That's it, Nasi Manu, yeah. Alright, so it's a thought. Yeah, back with uh, Waikere, a couple of other throwbacks, so uh yeah. Be interesting. Let's see how they go. They're huffing and puffing after two minutes like SBW in the NRL. <laughs> Just further on to that um Tasman team, I think they've got um, Dwayne from Amorek in the Tasman team as well. As oh, Dwayne Polotay Val. That's the one, huh? Yeah, and boy, that. Mm-hmm. That Dwayne. Yeah, yeah, so still looking the goods, playing club rugby, but um, doing well to secure contracts um, in Major League Rugby in America. And, you know, That's right. Sounds good. Nice. So, Joey, mate, did you have someone that you thought might uh, be up there to take it out? You know what? I think this is going to be a, a stab in the dark for me because I haven't really looked into the squad deeply. So I'm just going to go with the safe. The safe one is Auckland, did you say? That's my safe call. <laughs> nice. You know, looking for another team. Yeah. Well, we were robbed of Super Rugby title this year, so we'll we'll try and get this one. <laughs> <laughs> when Auckland rugby strong, the All Blacks are strong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Auckland, they have got some good recent form because they won it what 2018, and then they made the semi-finals last year. So they've got. Um, they've got the makings of, of a team. So, um, and they have those lost... guys that were that when they won it in 2018 are still there. You know, a couple of years more mature under their belt mm. of experience. So, and some of them have got All Blacks honours now. So, well, mm. in the squad at least. So, mm. Auckland are looking pretty strong, and it's hard to go by Auckland sort of doing well in the competition. And yeah. who knows they, they could do well take it out too. Oh, another. Which reminds me, another Aucklander who was a notable omission from the All Black selection was Angus Taubau. Mm. Just yeah. thought I'd throw that one in there. You're one yeah, of your well, chiefs. If they're going to pick, gonna pick uh, Quentin Strange and Cullen Grace, who have had long-term injuries, then, you know, Taubau, you can't say, oh, he's injured, you know. Mm. But uh, yeah, just on Auckland, they've lost. Um, they've lost Dalton Popoli, who's a big loss. He's at uh, your your place there. He's playing for Counties now. 
Mm. Um, Good inclusion. D'Angelo, D'Angelo, uh, who was the Bonu Samoa first five, he's he's left. I'm not sure where he's gone, but he's not there anymore. So um, a couple of guys. They got Simon Hickey back. You guys remember Simon Hickey for his first five, maybe five, six, Grammar seven years Tech. ago? Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah Grammar Tech, I think. Um, yeah. You know, they've had two very good years, so I, I'm hoping they can build on it and some new All Blacks like Alex Hodgman and Akita's back in there, so they, they should be good. Um, Harry Plummer, is he going to be okay? I think he might be the starting first five there. One of your favorites. Sort of been a bit of a mixed bag. One of your favorites. Yeah. I'm going to bring him up in another section, but um, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Auckland picked it. Two very good picks, actually. They were finalists for my one, but I've gone for. Oh, right, you, you've talked me around, mate. I, I'm going to go for Tasman as well. Oh, I, I, think, yeah. I was going to say Canterbury. In my notes, oh, I've got Canterbury. Man, this... <laughs> I just Tasman team now, man. I didn't realise when I talked to those outside backs, they got Frizzell as well. They've got Tyrell Lomax. Really... They've, got, they've got the team, man. I was going to say Canterbury, and I'm changing my mind at the last minute. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm going with you, Roger. I'm, I'm just looking at their the squad. Yeah, that's a pretty powerful team. Terrible. I hope this is a good record because I don't think we've ever agreed on a quick Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that probably means <laughs> after that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm jumping on the Tasman board. Uh, they've got strong squad in every position. So Makaleo, as you mentioned, they've got good props of Lomax and Isi Tungafasi's there. And Quinton Strange we talked about, so some an all-black lock there. Frizzell, good loose forwards. Uh, Finley Christie from the Blues, so good halfback. Mitch Hunt at first five. Their starting 15 is going to be mean with Funutia, Alex Nankival. They've got a world-class starting 15. I'm not sure how the depth is. If they get a few injuries, they might be in a bit of trouble. But if they can have good luck, that starting that starting 15 or 23 guys can carry them quite a long way. So I'm going to jump on that. And, you know, when you think that they're the champions and they've added Sevu Reese and Mark Talia, who are pretty good, mm. and Fonati as well, who I, I, I quite like, uh, you know, I'm giving them a good shot. So, yep, I'll go with Tasman as well with you, Rog. Hey, hey. Last minute change, last minute change. <laughs> nice. Although I do have a soft spot for old County's money code, but yeah, I think he says when I put the good one. Yep, yep. Okay, boys, so um, which team do we think will be relegated from the Premiership Ooh. and which team will be promoted from the Championship? So the wow. tournament is split into seven teams, I believe, or seven in each conference. Um, let me just see if I can find those teams quickly. It's in the Premiership, the top seven. We've got North Harbour, Waikato, Canterbury, Bay of Clinton, Wellington, Auckland and Tasman. And then the Championship seven is Northland, Otago, Counties of Manukau, Taranaki, Hawke's Bay, Manawatu and Southland. So the bottom team from the Premiership will be relegated and the top team from the Championship will be promoted at the end of the season. So, Roger, mate, have you got uh, any thoughts on who you, you like for those two? I team to be... So, so, Tasman's in the championship, you see? Tasman's in the championship. They are the... Oh, sorry, they're in the premiership. They're the premiership champions. Yeah. So, who's in the championship? Who, after Manawatu, who did you say? 
Afton, North, Northland, Otago, Counties, Monaco, Taranaki, Hawke's Bay, Manawatu, Manawatu and Southland. Oh, Southland, I'll tell you. Hmm. I reckon uh, I'll go with my favourites here, Counties, Monaco, to take out the championship. Hopefully, Ken Reed, Dalton Papali'i could uh, add some extra um, impact there and get them across the line to take take out the championship. Okay, so we start off with the head pick, and now we're back to the heart picks again, Rog. Um, I think you would have moved up after <laughs> the first episode. These heart picks never work, Rog. Right? <laughs> well, fair enough. That's Kelly's, true. Kelly's Monica. Yeah, um, I'm just trying to pull. Yeah, so they've got picked up Dalton Popoli. So they've got a, a strong, they have strong loose forwards. Or Popoli and Kieran Reid there, who you mentioned. I'm not sure what the rest of the team looks like, if they're going to be any good. Yeah, they've got Auburn Ledger, who you mentioned. Mm. Yeah, but outside of that, I don't know if they've got much else to. Um, I don't give them much of a shout. How about oh. you, uh, Joey, mate? Have you got any... Oh, underestimating the Steelers, eh? Oh, they've got... Uh, sorry, they've got one guy, uh, one of uh, Joey's uh, family, Itini, Nanai Saturo from Ubi with Counties. So he'll be a player to watch out for. Um, well, you just want the relegation team. Uh, the relegation team and the promotion team, if you got one. Oh, who did you have for mm. the relegation? What did you have oh, one? Relegation from the premiership? Yeah. Will be... What? No. Tasman, Auckland. Who have I missed out? North Harbour, Waikato. Canterbury, uh, Canterbury Bay of Plenty, Wellington, Auckland, Tasman. Oh, Wellington. Bay of Pliny. Bay of Pliny? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, they've got a pretty ordinary... I think they've got Otiri Black. Is, is, I'm not sure. Oh, I think he's always been gone. there, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, but, um, yeah, well, Bay of Pliny. Yeah, I don't know if they've got much, eh, to be fair. Mm. Um, they've picked up Akeno Pepes. He's going to be there now. And Triple T. Yeah. Triple T's incoming there. Was he there? Yeah, he's there now. So they've picked up a couple of new guys. See, he got included in this uh, North team, but never, obviously, didn't get a selection to play on game mm. day. But he came out of nowhere, right? Yeah. And I remember um, Imoni, Imoni Narawa. So he was a guy that we talked about as well at the start of the, this preseason mm. with the Blues. He was a standout player for Bayer Plenty last year. And uh, he didn't get the opportunities mm. with the Blues, but um, you know, it's always one guy who really stands out. And that well, he was one of the guys last year. Unfortunately, um, didn't happen from. Yeah, I'm looking at the Spire Plenty team. They haven't got much. Um, yeah, Curry Clint. This isn't bad. I don't think they've got a single All Black that I can see here. So yeah, no, actually not a bad call there on uh, on Bay of Plenty. Now that I'm looking at it. So, so uh, Joey, mate, we'll come to you. Where's Where's Manawatu? Manawatu, 
they're in the they're in the championship. They're at the bottom of the North Island. <laughs> um, they're in the championship. Yeah. Yeah. So Northland, Otago, Counties, Manukau, Taranaki, Hawke's Bay, Manawatu, and Southland are in that championship. Oh, okay. Um, I'm picking Otago to get promoted. Yeah, mm, Otago. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not a bad shot, Otago. Because that's where Joshua is playing, right? Uh, yeah, I believe that's correct. Yep, so I, yep. I back Joshua to bring them back up. Um, in terms of relegation, who's in the Premiership? Don't, don't name the top teams, just the shit ones. <laughs> uh, North, <laughs> North Harbour, Waikato, they shit, Bay Plenty. Canterbury, um, Auckland, Wellington, and Tasman. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to agree with the Bay of Plenty shot of, of those options. Yeah, nice. There's a bit of love for Bay of Plenty in Otago. Yep, not bad there. So Otago, yeah, they've, they've got a pretty ordinary team now that, I, that I'm looking at them. Uh, Jamie McIntosh. Jamie uh, sure. McIntosh, is he back? Yes, yeah, he's back. So he's a supplement. He's a supplement. He's in the Otago team now. So oh, Nasimanu, as you guys mentioned. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but um, you know they've got they've got a pretty ordinary forward pack. Liam Copman's the only real guy that I suppose is close to the All Blacks, but outside of that, that could be the downfall there. So um, is Jimmy Cowan back this season or not? <laughs> We might as, oh, nah, I don't think so. He might as well give it a try, you know. Nah, um, I think that Jules will it all before him. <laughs> He's a quality they got, they got back, some, Yeah. They got some decent-ish sort of backs. So they got Tomkinson, Michael Collins, who had, was good for the Highlanders, Jonah Nariki, oh, a couple of other where, guys. There's a question. Where's our mate Adam Thompson playing? He's, he's playing with the Waikato this year. Hey, oh, is hey. he? Oh, yeah, Liam Tom, to uh, Adam in. Thompson, uh, Liam uh, Missum. So they've got uh, the old oh, sweet, stages. Yeah, yeah. They've got all the old stages there with the uh, for the minor team cup. Oh, I'll go. I'll get down and watch their games since those two are playing. Yeah, because when you mentioned yeah. uh, Doug Hallett uh, right at the beginning of our podcast, I was just watching the Munster versus the All Blacks game. Oh, I saw that uh, too. Several years ago, when uh, Doug Hallett walked forward with. Um, Luffy and Ruotapuki, and they did the hunt against the All Blacks. And then the All Black side, it was Liam Nissen and mm. uh, Adam Thompson was in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with his big ass yeah. mop and his, uh, and his big mo. Yep, yep. Some good experience to have, you know. So some, some old mm. uh, faces, familiar faces that will be around in the in the Mitre 10 Thompson no, was actually quite a handy player, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was very good. Yeah, boys, okay, so um, the team that I think is going to be relegated, I've, I've gone for North Harbour. Oh, mm. why? Why? Hey, mate, why you got to diss the little brother of uh, the Blues franchise there? <laughs> mate, if it was up to me, I would go I would go to, go to loan and kick them out. <laughs> nah. Oh. Yeah, got <laughs> Joey, Joey, Danny and Joey's favourite player Parsons wouldn't be involved 
that's, that's oh, the thing that Parsons, he's got a long term injury. So, as much as I, you know, he, I do you think that, kind of do you think give him a little bit of stick. I do think he's important because he's a regular. He's a regular, mm. so I think he's important. And they've is lost Mark injury, Is he going to come back? I think he's out for the most of the season. I think he'll be back, oh. but he'll miss a big chunk of it. Mark Talia, who we've talked about, he he was awesome for the Blues. He's gone to Tasman. And Matt Duffy, he's gone to uh, Japan. So those are three of their sort of better players and three guys who would get regular game time for the Blues at Super Rugby level who aren't going to be there. And they haven't got a lot placing them. So I think North Harbour's going to be demoted. Uh, the team that I think is going to come up is actually Taranaki. Now, they've mm. got the three Barretts, Jordy mm. Barrett, Bowden, and Scott Barrett, which makes a big difference. Two poor guys there who uh, just got picked in the All Blacks. And is the Boshiers. Yeah, that's where he is. And the Boshiers, yeah. uh, Lachlan and his brother. I oh, think those yeah. that sort of just pushes them up enough to get possibly Ooh. promoted. Yeah, but, that's not a bad shot. Not a bad shot. Not, a, not if Gunty's Monaco got anything to do with it. <laughs> not if Joshua has got anything to do with it. Yeah, I think it's not as clear cut as, as some of the other ones, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that We've got we've got some different picks there, so that's going to be interesting uh, developments, boys. Mm. But uh, how about a, a standout player, a standout player of the tournament, like we did for the last one? Have you um, have you got anyone come to mind for you, Rog? Mm. Standout player. I reckon we're going to see a lot of Tom Sanders. I reckon, uh, given his performance in that North-South game, uh, I think um, from what he produced there, I think he'll be closely monitored and be definitely on the radar of the APs. If there's an international season, I think he won't be too far um, being caught in. But I think Joshua there as well, another one to look out for in the minor 10. I think he's going to be ruining a chance to prove himself of an AB's um, inclusion, um, so yeah, he, he'll be um, up for that. But I think the biggest one for me, if the Yuane brothers are not required for AB's, um, seeing Akira Yuane push on and just showing his maturity around his game style and play, um, especially with the dynamics of that with team, giving them more the, the you know the best chances of them taking it out as well. But yeah, those are the three that I sort of earmarked. Yeah, good shots there. Um, I like your Tom Sanders one, actually, because if he was a North Islander, he wouldn't have even played in that game. We've got so many good loose forwards. But he got an opportunity because uh, I suppose it's not as strong in the South, and he really impressed. So he'll be on the radar of the All Black um, selectors, and he'll take a lot of confidence out of that, that he's good enough to play and compete if he gets a call-up, which he's got to be close. He's only a few injuries away. So, yeah, I agree with that call. If he can carry on his form, then it just makes it even more harder for the selectors to ignore his uh, credentials. Good mm. shout on that one. Uh, how about you, Joey, mate? Have you got anyone that you could think of for um, a potential standout player? Yep, just one. Joshua Ne. Oh, man, he's getting a lot of love on this, this podcast, man. Joshuani, yeah, nice. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Like um, that North South South game at the end, that did it for me. It was crunch time, and he showed us, you know, he showed his worth. 
Yeah, especially with uh, like you touched on this before, Rog, with with Bodie leaving next year. You know, yeah. they've only got Richie Wong and the and the All Blacks, so they should have. I would have. I would have picked them just so they can have another first five ready who's got some experience. In. But I think oh. that's, that's the value of uh, Damien McKenzie is that, yeah, they've selected him as an outside back, but they know full well that if push comes to shove, they could have him as an alternative third string first five. Yeah. So they know that he can play there, but obviously behind Bowden Barrett, um, yeah, will come him. So Joshua Wane. That's what, um, that's what Foxy was asked about as well, and his answer was exactly that was D-Mac is in the back. He can give he can give the third option, whereas if they chose a third specialist, they, he would be, wouldn't would get any game time behind Richie and Bodie. Okay. So, yeah. But he exactly. would have got the gears, though. He would have got the gears. So <laughs> yeah, the, gears. the main thing. So whether, whether, you, <laughs> whether you get game time or not, he's missed out on a whole lot of gears. That's what I mean. Foxy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's the first five. He should know better. You can't have these makeshift first fives. Like, uh, no disrespect to D Mac, but I mean, I look Oy. at him as a as a fullback now. I look at him as a fullback first. <laughs> I love how you did that, Stacey. You used his own word on him, makeshift. Got it out. Got it out. We don't want to be going back to makeshift competitions because I think I won't be able to use it if, if it's the same next year. It's permanent. <laughs> <laughs> Nice boys. I tell you who I, I've looked at is uh, Harry Plummer. I'm going to pick I'll him as stand up player of the tournament. I knew you were a secret admirer. <laughs> the secret you know he, he struggles at super rugby level, but at this level, at NPC level, he is good, man. And Auckland's got a good team, so he'll be surrounded by good players who have good outside backs, good forwards, um, like we've touched on. The platform is there for him. He just needs to not overplay his hand, and I think he can take Auckland quite deep. So I'm picking him to be the uh, mm, standout yeah. player of the tournament. Another guy... Speaking, uh, of, it, speaking of Harry Plummer, where's, where's TJ Fayane playing? Yeah, he's still with Auckland. He's Auckland. captain of Auckland. Okay. He's captaining Auckland this year. So, yep, that's good for him. Uh, you have very underrated guys you've mentioned before. Um, Joey. Yeah. But um, yeah, another guy, another guy who I look at is who might be a, a sort of a dark horse or a stand-up player is Fergus Burke. I'm not sure if he's familiar with Fergus Burke. He's a uh, first five down at Canterbury. So he was part of the team last year um, and he was with the Crusaders this year. But he was uh, one of the best junior rugby players in the country sort of two, three years ago. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've been to Queenstown and had a food burger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's... um. He's 21 now, so he'll want to really kick on. And I think he'll get a lot of opportunities in a good team. So, yeah, Fergus Burke, keep an eye out for him. I think he's uh, going to be a good player. All right, so one last um, category. Um, a rookie or a young player um, to sort of keep an eye on. Grodge, did you, anyone come to mind for you? No, I've just been uh, keeping my eye on the older players. <laughs> so, I don't... Uh, yeah, I don't have a. I don't. I, I guess I haven't looked at the squads to see who the young ones become. But it's just come to mind. Nico Jones. Nice. Auckland. I also he's had there. Nico Jones down. Yeah, he's uh, 
from the Watamata Rugby Club. Um, there's only two Watamata Rugby play, Club players in there. Uh, you've got uh, Choate, Adrian Choate, who's starting at seven uh, for Auckland, as well as Nicole Jones, um, our other Watamata um, player. So, yeah, but I'm looking forward to Nicole. I've seen him do some some serious damage at club rugby, but looking to see him push forward and, and again, creating his own pathway uh, in the Auckland hoops, uh, as they say. So, Wait, so mm. what position What position was uh, Nico playing for what a minute? He was playing seven and eight. Yeah. Okay, so and Andrew Choate was playing what? What was Andrew Choate playing? He was, he was seven as well, so oh. he was overseas. He's playing in Bristol. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Apopoli, he feels still there, but now with them going, and if Blake Gibson they've still got who breaks down quite a bit, which is unfortunate for him, but I do think Nico Jones will get some games, and yeah, what was it, last year or the year before, he was probably the most promising young player in, in the country of what he was doing at uh, St. Peter's. So yeah, Adrian shout Choke out Nico Jones. Shout out for Adrian Choke because he he was in the, included in the same New Zealand Colts team as uh, uh, Tom Christie, and Tom Christie was the captain and the regular number seven for the, the Colts team at the time. And so Adrian Choate's done well to stick it in and around. But Auckland obviously hasn't been able to push on for Super Honours yet. But um, overseas has been where he has been the last season or two. Looking forward to seeing Choate uh, progress. Injuries have uh, sort of hampered him progressing forward. He was injured in a Japanese tournament we went over in Auckland as well. He was first included in the Open squad and injured himself in the Japanese uh, pre-season tournament, so that cancelled him out for that season. Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing he's a he's a very fit um, and a good specimen of a rugby player. So looking forward to him pushing his best there too. Nice, Joe. Are you still there? Have you got anyone come to mind for you? You gone? Um. I would say Nico Jones as well. Yeah. But I'd also say, I mean, is is uh, Narawa rookie enough? Yeah, I'll call him rookie enough. He's young. I, I'll put rookie or, or just a young player who, you know, so every now, every year there's someone who really, you know, comes on, comes on and you think, okay, cool. Now I remember this guy from, from where on you can sort of remember when he got really good. So, yeah, yeah, I'll put him in that category. Yeah, another one I would choose. Oh, we're only allowed to choose one, eh? Yeah, well, if you got another one, just for our listeners out there, someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, so um, he's with Taranaki, and that's uh, Wasaki Naholo's brother, Kenny. Oh, yes. Kenny Naholo, the Chiefs boy. Yeah. So um, he'd be one. Yeah, I think he was with um, uh, Hamilton Hamilton Boys. I think is it right? You know, that's the, the basically the top school in New Zealand. I'm I sure he's come through that pathway. I think last year because he played. I think oh. he might have played, got a 
a handful of games last year, but um, yeah, yeah, good call on that one. Quite like quite like the look of him too. Yeah, I think you guys hit on um, some good ones there. All right, Karen. Sorry, there's one more that uh, I had in my eye on, which was the guy that played a few games with the Crusaders, Sione Harvili. Oh, yep, yep. Who's he running with? He's with Canterbury, I think. Oh, yeah. Sione? Yeah. He's he's an Auckland boy, actually, but he left for, um, as they do, when they don't get enough opportunities in Auckland, they leave for the South Island. <laughs> yeah. And then they turn into All Blacks later. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I've got a couple here just for anyone who cares, some listeners. Um, Gideon Rampling. I'm not sure if you've heard of Gideon Rampling. He's uh, with Waikato. He's a midfielder, 19. But he was in uh, New Zealand secondary schools last year, and I think he was the man of the match in one of their games and one of the mm. best players in that uh, New Zealand secondary schools. Uh, I don't know what do you call it, a test match. Um, so he, this is his first taste of NPC. I'm not sure how much game time he'll get because they've got uh, pretty good midfielders there already. Um, but just a name to listen out for. And Anton Senia. Which have you heard of him? He's with Tasman. He's uh, number eight or number six. S-E-G-N-E-R. So he came over here. He was a German exchange student. And he came over here. Yes, yes. He got picked for Tasman this year. I was wondering if he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying how he wants to be the first German All Black game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Put him up. He's he's um, he came over here as an exchange student and he started playing rugby, and he's got really good at it. He got picked in New Zealand secondary schools, um, and uh, yeah, that he was with Nelson, I think Nelson Boys College, and now he's gone got picked with Tasman, and he that's what he said. Uh, you're right, Rog. He said he wanted to be the first German uh, All Black. And uh, that stood out for me. So yeah, I just saw his name on the Tasman team. I thought, okay, cool. I'll give him a special mention. Because I was wondering Mike. what had happened to him because they did a massive, yeah, I think he came on 2020 or something as well and following him through his school and he was just a superstar at school. But like yeah. you say, he was a student, exchange student. Oh, yes, I remember that. And um, Yeah, I remember that. He was an exchange became, student. Yeah, and he, he became, he just worked, worked too hard. He was just exposed to the game while he was here. I don't know. Did he end up going back to Germany and then come back, or has he stayed on ever since? Yeah, he stayed on. His his year was up, and he was supposed to go home, but he rang his parents, and he basically begged them to let him stay for one more year, and he was telling them about rugby, and they were like, oh, what the hell is rugby? We don't know what you're talking about. And he's <laughs> like, nah, I'm really rugby? good at it. Yeah, he was like, nah, I'm really good at it, actually, and I think this could be something, so I want to stay. So he pleaded he's, with his parents, he's, he's and they agreed. He's a big unit, eh? He's yeah, he's, he's huge. Like you know, he could potentially be a lock type, type big. But uh, yeah, he's uh, six or eight at the moment. Um, so six definitely got eight. Uh, six or eight position. Oh, oh six or eight. <laughs> I don't know how tall he is, but I know he's a you know he's a beast. Yeah, I think he was um, was he in and around or maybe just before Nicole Jones, you know, in that sort of time range. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, he's blonde. Blue-eyed German. He's, but then when, when he was arguing the fact that he wants to be the first German All-Black, I was thinking, haven't we had some players that have German descent? 
as well. Mm. Could be a future podcast, that one. <laughs> I, don't yeah. I guess full-blooded German, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that'd be interesting. I always sort of wondered what happened to him after the 2020 uh, Yeah, like um, Johnny Shoe, Johnny Schuster, he's German. Yeah, they've got German yeah. blood in them. So, but I guess uh, first German, you know, I guess Johnny Shoe and the like are always going to be referred to as Samoan uh, Kiwis. So, but yeah, but not that we get that option on the consensus form. That's in the podcast. Right, boys, so we've got some good predictions there, boys. Uh, we'll put a $10 bet on, or not sure yet, maybe Tasman. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, do it, do it this yeah. early, and, and you'll get the main winnings at the end. What are they paying? Right, so, Roger, if it, if it backfires, um, <laughs> you'll fire for the podcast. Uh, nah. All right, boys, have you guys got hey, anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. If it backfires, you can't host a rocky. You get demoted back to fact checker, Rog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, boys, have you guys got anything else you wanted to talk about on the Mighty 10 Cup? Boys, Just a shout out to Joe Royal. I see Joe Royal, Ponsonby store there, being included in the Auckland team as well, Joey. Yes. Um, still, Joey Royal. Still running around the traps. Um, from North Harbour to um, pay plenty. Pay plenty counties money. Counties. So we got as a hundred hundred premier match for Ponsonby this year. So just reward for him. and you know mm. being uh, mainstay for the AB uh, Maori team as well in the last few years. But uh, so yeah, it's good to see his inclusion in there. He even he even played for my other old club, Perry Patimahoe. Hey, yeah. Yeah, he played for Paddy. Yeah, yeah, that's when I saw him out. Of, okay. But um, mm, so but I think his brother, his brother Mike um, Royal, is, oh Mark Royal, is still out at um, County's Monaco in the B team. Oh, yeah. So I was surprised that yeah. he should be in that top team. But, you know. But yeah, yeah, just that. that's all I got, uh, Stacey. Nah, nice. Yeah, Good work, boys. Um, yep. Yeah, that's good. Uh, one last thing, boys, I wanted to touch on before we close up. I know we talked about this in some other podcasts, was that Color Noir. So I just sort of heard that that oh, might have yeah. fallen through their bid to be part of the uh, the, the Hawaiian bid to be part of uh, was it Major League Rugby. So I'm not sure. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Or do you, does anyone know any of the I story? I just saw about that come through today, yeah, and... Um... But it, I'm not too sure what's happened, but I think it was they just fell short of the of their bid, and whether not too sure whether they have any chance of reapplying to for inclusion in the 2022 season. But from oh, what okay. I'm getting from the post, it's saying that that they can't uh, meet that sort of threshold of the uh, monetary wise um, in their bid. Because of their but this time, they, they probably have a lot more to sort of try and get to get to make 2022 with. Yeah, it was interesting, sort of um, sad in a way, hearing about mm. that 43 because, you know, you can see the potential of what they were trying to do. Mm. Yeah. The good, the good that would have come out of it. Mm. Uh, but it was always going to be tough to 
trying to place themselves in Hawaii, and it was all war, they all good, um, purpose and intention to try and get it up and running, but yeah, unfortunately, it's not going to get across the line for next season anyway, um, and hopefully they can uh, better prepare for any future season. But I did see a post from the CEO, Tracy Atina, saying at the bottom also that um, if there's any other um, organisations or rugby competitions that are wanting to um, tell us more with them in terms of in their inclusion and their respective competitions that for them to get a hold of them. But yeah, just interesting. I'm not too sure um, how it's all come about because I think earlier on in the week they said there was a post on social media that they had an excitement, uh, exciting news to announce um, yeah. later this week, but it's um, yeah, far from exciting from their point of view. Um, not being able to get uh, an inclusion into in the last 21 as they proposed. Yeah, I know Sully, who's a regular on the podcast, he talked before about the finances that's required. So I know they needed a lot of money and they needed to prove a lot in regards to their financial stability. And I'm wondering if that had a big part to play in why it mm. may have fallen over because. Uh, was quite oh, yeah, just reading what I read today was about uh, even the stadium, Aloha Stadium, that they were trying to get um, some credit paid forward on it. So, and I think that was sort of giving some sort of indication that they, w- they wouldn't have had the monetary backing to go forward for next year. So, who knows? Um, in terms of it, but just unfortunate that. Uh, they've been able to push forward with it. Yeah. But you, Joy, did you have any thoughts on that, the Kalanoa bid? Oh, I don't know enough about it. I mean, I did see um, a post floating about a few days ago. I'm not sure if it was on Facebook or somewhere, but I saw the headline and I thought, oh, okay. I'll just wait and see what uh, transpires from it. But, uh, yeah, by all all accounts, it sounds like... um, it's not happening this time around. Mm. So, I mean, I've, I put it down to a couple of things, actually. Obviously, there's that funding aspect, which is an obvious one. But I think also it didn't help their case to have um, Bill Beaumont of World Rugby coming out with an idea that he'll help Pacific Island rugby um, globally, um, you know. And, and it was just a verbalization. It wasn't actually a a, a, a plan. You know, he, he came and they've been saying it for over twenty years. So you know, and and feeding us bullshit, and we always fall for it. And yeah. again, we've fallen for it. So who knows if they're even going to back those words up? I mean, they always say these things just to get the vote, and then when they get the vote, they pay us lip service again, and that's what they've been doing. So yeah, I, I think. That didn't help their case, um, and it didn't. Ha- and it also, also, it also didn't help their case. Infrastructure. Yeah, that the, the infrastructure is the obvious one, but it didn't help their case in terms of uh, gathering support when you have former All Blacks and former professional rugby players backing, you know, the the idea that's come from World Rugby that they're going to help the PI rugby in some way, shape or form, which they've been saying for 20 years. 
Yep. Yeah, I, they, I've heard that before from all these guys who want to be the new, you know, head of the IRB. That that's sort of, mm. they're going to help some of the tier two nations. And you're right, they, they never follow through. It is unfortunate mm. with that Eleanor bit because I thought that was another good pathway, you know, for Polynesians to, you know, really get somewhere and get a foothold in, in, in the pro What's sports. What's concerning though, a, a station, Joey, is that when they, in that piece that I mentioned about uh, reaching out to other organisations to um, get into contact with them, because the statement that uh, the CEO, Tracy Artinga, is making out is that they, they already have a roster of players because it's about including the current roster of players that they have, the database mm. of players that they have in some uh. competition. So that's where I'm, I'm sort of concerned. So they already have a roster of players, but mm. now those players... Are they contracted or do they now, they don't, or what happens? What are the clauses in their contract? Because if they're really ready to rock and roll for next season, um, these players are now out of competition but don't have a competition to be part of. So, mm. yeah, how does that happen? How does that um, affect them and those players that they've already put on their roster? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good points. Looks like there might be a bit more to the story because, yeah, those players that have signed, they haven't got a team now. So, uh, yeah, no, definitely we'll have to keep following that story and bring more up for um, for our listeners to get hold of. But, uh, boys, um, we'll just get some final thoughts, boys, as we start to close up. Uh, Joey, mate, have you got any just final words? Um. Congratulations in advance to Auckland for winning the premiership this season. Hey, hey, hey. I have to change my ten dollar bet. Other than that, I mean, look, it's it's going to be nice to see who the standouts are in the Ten Cup. Hopefully, they, you know, every team brings about that excitement that we all grew up with. Um, I don't even know who's got the log of wood now, right now. As you know, as a province, so it'd be nice to see the log wood get some traction this season, um, and get that excitement back, especially the afternoon rugby games on a Saturday or Sunday or whatever. Those those are cool games to watch as a family. Given what yeah. we saw in the in Super Rugby and after mm. the first lot of lockdown. Um, the crowds that came out to support Super Aotearoa yeah. was, was awesome to see the stadiums being full and it just sort of uh, was sort of reminiscent of the 90s and early 2000s when stadiums mm. were full for NPC provincial rugby. So it'd be interesting to see the take on, because we've been deprived and it's been a stop start season um, of uh, sporting fixtures in Midland rugby. So it'd be interesting to see how. The, the public, the general public, get out to support their local team. And we've always known that provincial rugby is, uh, you know, fierce, fiercely supported by the different um, areas around the country. So it'll be good to see even not only the, the major cities, but the smaller um, unions as well getting right behind their teams and, and supporting their colours. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to getting out to a few games at Eden Park or near Harbour Stadium or wherever is closest to. To you, but, um, definitely be on the lookout. When Tasman's in town, or Countess Monaco coming out. Yep, nice boys. Uh, yeah, 
I think you guys hit on the main points. I'm really looking forward to this Mitre 10 Cup. Is that what it's called now? Yeah, Mitre 10 Cup. Um, especially now that the All Blacks are there. For me, yeah, like I touched on this yep. before, it feels like a throwback to the old days when, you know, the Mitre 10 Cup was, was awesome and, you know, all the fans were interested. You knew where the log of wood was because I couldn't even answer your question there, Joey, either. Mm. You know, people stopped caring when the... Basically, when the New Zealand Rugby Union stopped caring about it and started pulling all the top players out of it, um, and they just basically treated it like third-tier rugby, and then mm. that's when the fans started to slowly lose interest. So, uh, I know that COVID has, you know, been horrible for everyone, but I suppose that the that light at the end is that you know we get to see sort of a throwback to the old days when the All Blacks would play in these matches. So hopefully that brings the fans back like it did with Super Rugby. I'm um, out here It'll be interesting to see what Adi Sawir has been vocal about North South game becoming a regular fixture and also not mm. an annual but a three a three match fixture. So who knows what's going to happen? Or do they just drop the ball entirely and just don't do another one for another team for three years? My I they've got a cash in. I know it's hard to fit everything into the calendar, yeah. but I'm with Adi, man. Go, go the three-game route. I thought that we could get more closer to origin. You know, they've seen other sports, like rugby league has got it perfect with the origin. But if you look at, say, the NFL and, and even the NBA, how they've got the East and West and all the rest of it, it's sort of just basically, uh, you know, a glorified training run in a lot of ways. Not to, be doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be, like, three weeks in a row. It could be scattered throughout the... You know, throughout the uh, super season as well. Yeah. One yeah. sort of an early, one mid, could be one of the end. I don't know how mm. they work it out in the speaker, mm. but uh, it would be yeah, awesome to see to sort of um, create our own sort of similar what the rugby league in Australia has with the state of origin. So, yeah, it's something that they could really capitalize on and, uh, and evolve into something quite exciting in the speaker as well. But, um, Yep, nice there, Rog. Uh, good thoughts there. Um, right, so that's us. I just wanted to uh, say thanks to all the listeners for joining us for another episode of the Counter Ruck. So the Counter Ruck is available through the usual podcast platforms: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and uh, many more. So keep listening, and don't forget to click subscribe. Uh, boys, I just want to thank you guys for jumping on the pod and sharing your rugby knowledge. Uh, Joey, Rog, Cam's doing the fact-checking. Boys, thank you. Uh, we'll do it again soon. Cheers, boys. Thank you. Thank you. Aloha. From the city of the future.